Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. Now I better be getting paid for this. Uh, so let's uh, move on to uh, Iceman and Cobalt since they've been waiting a little bit. So what exactly are you guys doing? Uh, we're heading to the bridge to try and go over to uh, the other side to Jade Hills to see if we can get in touch with Fallon. Uh, you see one of the guards stop, uh, stops you at the toll booth and requests 10 gold from you for uh, you to pass. Uh, I'll hand him 10 gold. You hand him 10 gold, you go through it, you see uh, uh, Cobalt trying to walk through it, then he stops Cobalt and says, 10 gold, please. Cobalt, minor illusions, the sound of barking. Make a persuade, or er, <laughs> deception check with advantage. Oh, God. Are you going to hold up my dog? <laughs> Do you make animals pay? Okay, that's, yeah, that's more than enough. That's cool. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was a cobalt. And he uh, lets you through. You have a nice day. <laughs> All right. Okay. And now, I assume I know where this estate is and where the guards it, would probably be setting up. It's super easy. If you look at the map alone, uh, you guys go over the bridge. You guys come over here, like at the end of the bridge. So you guys look at the map. We see two peninsulas and you guys are over a bridge. If you look to your left, you see, uh, like, elevated on the hill, like, this estate oversees, like, the blighted slums, the jade hills, everything. It's on a nice, tough incline uh, to your left. Uh, in center of uh, this, like, uh, basically rich community, you see a coliseum built. And to the far right, you see, like, a lighthouse and a docking area for uh, uh, the rich people. Now, the biggest difference you see Asmodai between the Blighted Slums and Jade Hills is that this place has grass, which is very confusing because uh, the waters around here, the black inky water, basically kills vegetation. That's why this is called the Blighted Coast, because nothing really grows. So it's very odd seeing green grass on black or near black waters. Uh, mages can do wonderful things, can they not? You do see a mage actually tending to the grass. Basically, they're paying a landscaper mage to keep the grass green. Good catch. Uh, what do you guys do? Like I said, uh, you, you mentioned that the guards would have been setting up that there's either a guard post here or they're setting up for that ball, uh, and that's probably where Fallon would be. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have specified. Uh, Right in the center, Soldier's Pass, where you guys went past to uh, uh, go over the bridge to Jade Hills, that's where the barracks are. That's where a lot of soldiers, like, sleep or take watch to uh, either go to the Blighted Slums or Jade Hills in a moment's notice. Now, uh, th you can either find them at uh, Soldier's Pass, which you just passed, or uh, up in the estate in Jade Hills. Those are two locations you can look for guards. Besides the ones slightly patrolling, which are understaffed. Well, we were told that he would be up in the estate, as that's where the majority of the guard presence is, especially yep. the leadership. Yep. 
uh, with his recent promotion, yes, he would be up there. Um, do you guys just go up the hill through the front gates and try to enter the state? What's your... Uh... Yep. Okay. Uh, you guys uh, go down the trail and you're going up the incline through uh, uh, the mountainous area. And you see uh, two guards guarding the gate. As we're walking, I'm going to turn the cobalt. Uh, Alright, cobalt, I need you to do me a favor. Not to act like dog, very clever by the way. Uh, I need you to be my squire. Uh, let's see. You probably don't know what that is, do you? Uh, no. Okay. So, what I need you to do, do you, like an apprentice, do you know what an apprentice is? Apprentice? Yes. Like how you have a master and you have an apprentice. And the apprentice learn from master, like student. Already bad. Okay. Good. I need you to pretend. This is not going to be real. This will be pretend. That you... That you... That I am your master. Oh, and master would be really angry if Kobo call anyone else master. You don't need to call me master. Just call me sir. Okay? And it's only pretend and it's only for a few moments. It's not real. You don't mean it. It's fake. So... Just Sir, or Sir Asmodai. I just want to imagine this for like a solid 10, 15 seconds. Cobalt is looking at you, like seeming to, trying to process this fundamental, this fundamental change that he has to make in his general lexicon. Okay, Sir! Perfect. He's trying really hard not to put anything after that. Cobalt, <laughs> you are doing an amazing job. I owe you big time. Now, take my shield, and I want you to carry it like it's your prized possession. I want you to just hold it for me, like you're carrying it for me. How big is this shield? Just, just, I just need to know. I just need to know how big this shield is. Uh, I mean, it's standard shield, so it weighs six pounds. I'm, I'm talking more like in size, not necessarily weight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, it'd be big enough for him. He's not a huge person by any means. So, I mean, it'd be a, it's not a tower shield, so it's just like a standard, say, Skyrim shield, like the metal shield in Skyrim. Yeah, so about uh, three feet, I'd say. So slightly bigger than Cobalt. Okay, so I guess, like, as you are handing off this shield, like, Cobalt is, like, having to, like raise it a little bit above his own body and like uh like I, I guess i guess maybe the best way to describe it is like he's holding it just a little bit above his head um like the, the top part of it and then like trying to make sure that the the bottom end doesn't drag on the ground it's like okay cobalt think cobalt have it perfect cobalt you are doing great metal man is very impressed with you so i have a question for asmodai do you make any changes to your appearance as you're going up? No, I'm still, I'm still wearing my chainmail. Yeah. Uh, let's see. No, they're gonna know who I am. Yeah, there's no point. Uh, what I will do is I'll turn my gauntlet a little bit down my right gauntlet so that the red marking is not is not clearly seen. That that's why I wanted to dress because like that would determine whether you guys. Rolled straight, disadvantage, or advantage. 
By the way, Cobalt, since you're holding my shield, uh, if you look on the inside of it, you'll see that there's actually some sort of marking, some sort of symbol on the inside of the shield. Not that you would really care or possibly or probably even know what it is, but it's there. Pretty drawing. Uh, if you want, we could just say that you're holding your uh, hands behind your back. You know what I mean? Like uh, walking with both arms. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's an easy way of just like covering it up without being too obvious. Okay. Um. So you guys uh, walk up, and since you did address your gauntlet, uh, I'll let you guys uh, roll with an advantage. But first, like set up the scene. How are you doing this? So you see right. two guards. So we're getting stopped. I'm guessing, right? Uh, yeah. They both put their spears like uh, to block your way. Good morning, fellows, or afternoon, excuse me. Uh, I'm curious, is uh, Captain Fallon in? Uh, I have heard that uh, the guard is short on numbers, and uh, I have a business proposal that will allow us, uh, that will help bolster your numbers, especially uh, with the big upcoming events. Make a persuasion check with advantage. And tell me what you get. That'd be a 22. Yeah, uh, you buy. Can you do uh, insight or perception check for me, please? 18. 18? Yep, that sounds good. So you do a perception check, and you do notice that, like, uh, again, like, one of the guy's hands is uh, slightly red, and he gives you a smile and a nod as you uh, come through. I don't know we have people posted here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, like it, you only notice because uh, he does have gloves on to like hide it. But you saw a little tint of red, like uh, underneath one of the gloves he's wearing. And yeah, you know, he's uh, basically, irregardless of how well you rolled, you would have been able to get through with this guy. He would have tried to help bluff your way in, and he motions your well, you in. Now that you think about it, he does look familiar. I think that might be Victor. That's a weird promotion. Anyway. <laughs> hey, you're the one who said you'd suggest a promotion. Doesn't mean he'll get it. But yeah, you see uh, Victor, and uh, you guys are uh, going along. And uh, what do you guys do? I need to know exactly how you guys are acting in this estate. You guys walk through. You do see a beautiful foliage. You see plants that are living. You, you see a weird concoctions like a fireballs. Uh, like in the form of apples, but doesn't like burn the garden. You see like a uh, crystal uh, cherries on uh, some of the grapevines, or not grapevines, but you know grapevine kind of vines with cherries on them. You see a lot of strange and beautiful, like magical plants. And right before you is an impressive and slightly intimidating uh, estate. Uh, Cobalt, I can take my shield back. You don't need to carry it anymore. At least for the moment. Oh, good. Cobalt arms starting to get tired. <laughs> you did well. All right. Uh, also, would the guards have directed us to where they where they would have been set up, where Fallon would have been set up? Yeah, they uh, just tell you to go through uh, the front doors. And uh, like you just said, you're going to do a business proposal. So, yes, you are more than likely going to meet up with Fallon yeah. to uh, organize this. So you do. And... Uh, you guys are told to uh, wait in the main lobby, and uh, you see this uh, Imperial Staircase. If you guys don't know what an Imperial Staircase is, it's uh, the stuff you'd see from uh, Cinderella. The dual staircase that twists up to a higher platform. And uh, you do see a man in uh, black armor with blue trimming, with a helmet on, a 
talking to someone of importance. It looks like it's uh, one of the royalty. And do you hear the ending part of that conversation saying, I don't have enough men to do what we need. What if tonight we have another invasion? And she just uh, tells you, or tells him, You needn't not worry. They're but peasants. What do peasants mean to nobility? And he goes, They're people. They bleed the same. What do nobles mean to peasants? And you see him groan. Then eventually, he just sounds defeated and says, Nothing. And she goes, Best remember that. And with a venomous, like smile she leaves and you see like the man just like hit the top of the staircase as he's walking down and he catches your eye as he's walking down towards you is it fallon could be gold is that him doesn't look familiar mega no no can see face and he goes over to you takes off his helmet and you see like the face of fallon but different he has a bird mark on his face and he's balding with no hair and he goes, what in the hell do you folks want? And he is gruff and angry. Uh, I see you have a scarf from last night. Oh, uh, he just gives you a raised eyebrow and goes, what the hell are you talking about? Do a perception check for me, please. Uh, so that would actually be an eight. No, oh, I don't know. It, it's a scar. You really can't tell too much from it. Uh, you see the man, and he is very gruff with you, and he's just confused and goes, Last night? The hell are you talking about? And he uh, just goes, Last night was a rough night, don't get me wrong, but I suffered no injury. And he looks at Cobalt and goes, What the hell are you- Cobalt! Cobalt! A cobalt. Would you happen to be a cobalt? He's my squire. A draconic squire? Really? Duh. He was cheap. He actually just, like, you know, like, shakes his head a bit. Like, you know, bounces around for a second goes, eh, eh, actually makes sense. Uh, and what is your name, sir? Uh, I don't know if we've had the pleasure of meeting. We haven't had the pleasure of meeting, but I'm sure we will again, even after this. And he looks at you and goes, my name's Fallon. I'm now captain of the guard after recent tragedies. And... Mine is Asmodai. Uh, would there be a place where we can uh, sit and talk? I have uh, some business to speak with you about. And he gives you a nod of the head and uh, like points you in direction. Um, with with uh, these uh, with with mansions or like bu big buildings, don't they have like a foyer or like a, a sunroom or some shit? Well, I mean, we'd probably be in the foyer right now, but okay. they would have a, a reading, uh, a sitting room. Yeah. Or a study. I'm going to assume, like, well, not exactly a study, but he does have, like, a uh, waiting room where guests do wait. And uh, he basically locks, like, uh, the basically the door behind you guys. And, like, the door itself, the doorknob is, like, crystal. Like, a crystal doorknob. He locks the door behind you guys, and he motions for you guys to sit down as he, like, uh, sits a little bit farther away from you guys, taking deep breaths. Like, he hasn't sat in a very long time. He uh, doesn't, uh, basically a dad, like, uh, what the hell would he call him? A, uh, a dad sound, you know, he sits down and goes, Ugh, and looks at you. What business do you have with guard? Report? A few things. First is uh, to offer an alleviation to your personnel problems. 
at least temporarily. So, do you want to uh, negotiate on behalf of Solomon and like uh, the Crimson Hand with uh, getting security here? Possibly. That that's part of what I'm doing. Okay. Well, we'll say like usually with negotiations, I like to do skill challenge. But for now, we're, we're going to say like you're not. What's the right word? You're you're not talking to the exact big head who can make those decisions. You are talking to the head of security. But you know, we'll we'll see if he can open up. Uh, trade uh, basically talks with uh, people with uh, getting what you want so we'll just make it a simple roll uh, talk how you want if you do a good job making an offer i might have you roll at advantage if you do bad possibly disadvantage so so from what i heard just a few moments ago and from what i've been able to observe the guard is fairly light especially after last night and with even the Inquisition taking a hit, many of the guards being restationed, the recent demonic attacks, so on and so forth, your numbers seem to have been quite depleted. And I happen to have access to quite a few able-bodied men who also cut an intimidating figure, who could, uh, at least for the major events such as the bull and whatever other uses you might have, can fill in, not of course as official guards, but at least to free up security work so that your guards can actually be doing what they do best, which is, you know, guarding. And he uh, just gives you a prolonged stare and goes, and just nods along and says to you, you realize that you're stepping on another company's business as well, right? The Greyhounds? And quite the opportune time, if you ask me. Because they're on the bad side of the nobles after yesterday's events. I know, it was really weird when... I, I heard... I was not at the beach, but I had heard talk through the town that the one... That there were, was a different group and the Inquisition that really repelled the attack. Something, I don't know, the Crimson Fist or something like that, or... Was it the red hand? I don't know. Are you hiding your gauntlet? I want to ask you about Oh, this yeah, it's you're... been behind my back the whole time. Okay, then I won't have him notice. It's fine. That's the biggest question. So he looks at you and goes, yeah, Crimson Hand had, and he chuckles, a hand in helping out the guard with that little incursion. And for that, and he just grimaces, they do have my thanks for that. And he looks at you. And give me a persuasion check. See how well that hit. Give me advantage. That's some good reasoning. The stars are aligning. What do you got? Uh, let's see. That's a 13. With advantage? Yep. Remember, Damn. we're still level 3. 13 is actually a, a decent roll. I it's know, but I'm so used to John rolling all the time and fucking, you know, getting nothing less than 17 or 18 or fucking in the 20s. So he looks at you and gives you a look and goes, well, I can't make that decision for you. But if you were to present a case to the nobles about this, we could have a potential with it. Though it would always have to go past the Earl first. And he debates it in his head and you can see him get like a nasty grin as he talks about it. Uh, give me just one second before I continue. He looks at you and goes... It does intrigue me fucking over the Cowden Who family. They're the ones who do the Grey Hounds business, if you catch my drift. They're the spearhead family that excels at providing 
the jade hills with a bit of security. And after this, he gives you a nasty smile. I think that he might be out of business or out of the good graces of many of the families. That is very sad and so unfortunate. Very sad indeed. And I, I assume you both like trade like cold smiles at the thought. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say that was a success that you opened up uh, a possible like talk into getting like Solman's men into uh, security for the uh, uh, the ball tomorrow night. Uh, Mega, uh, is there anything you want to bring up to the spam? Uh, I imagine, like, at least during this whole exchange, like, Cobalt has just, like, been been watching this Fallon closely? Yeah. Uh, he seems like a rough and tough man. Like, uh, his, his body motions, the way he acts, is way different from, like, who you were talking to before. Like, uh, the previous Fallon. Seems like he's a completely different person. Yeah, and I guess after just making that determination, he just looked, uh, Cobalt just has, like, a really confused look on his face. <laughs> uh, and then, let's see, on to the second order of business. Uh, I was curious, um, my squire here, we were traveling in the various districts, and my squire lost an item very valuable to him. Uh, it was an ancestral color of his, uh, Cobalt, if you could explain for the nice man what your color looks like. So, Cobalt just simply, like, uh, just opens up his opens up his hands and uh, and minor illusions an image of his collar. Uh, you do that, and he like does the same thing Asmodai did, except you know, like, uh, you know, he squints his eyes at the little projection, and he goes, "Never seen anything of the like before." And uh, if you guys want, you guys can do an insight check on that. Tell me what you got. I got 14. I don't know if Cobalt's insighting. Uh, 15. Yeah, you guys are sure. Like, uh, he has. This is the first time he's seen that caller, which is strange. Because you got. Uh, did you guys insight uh, uh, check Frankie when he was telling you that story? I don't think we did. Then I'd say reality is pro possibly crashing. Uh, you could tell that this man's honest. And. You, you're not sure if Frankie told you the truth. Or it could be that both men are telling the truths, or one of them is lying and you just can't tell. I'm going to lean down and I'm going to just say, excuse me one moment, I need to ask my squire or something. I'm going to lean down and whisper, put my hand over my mouth and whisper to Cobalt, is this the same man that you saw the other night? He seems to not recognize you. Yeah, Cobalt just looks to Asmodai and shakes head. Oh, the third thing I wanted to bring up with you in particular is seemingly my compatriot here, along with uh, some of his friends, apparently have ran across an individual that calls himself Fallon that works for the guard multiple times since they've entered the city, but it has not been you. And his eyes, like, widen, and you see his teeth clench and his fists grips with veins popping. And he says, not this shit again. Look, I'll tell you why I tell everyone else. Someone's parading around with my damn name, bringing it through the damn mud. Hell, the guards don't even know who's really in charge anymore. And he's, like, going around this, uh, like, room, just fucking steaming and i can't find where that son of a bitch is or else i'd show him and you see him like grip his weapon as he starts to shake with anger he takes a few breaths and then he looks at you 
No. Whoever the hell you met was not me. But let me tell you this. You see him again. Tell me immediately. If you do, I can promise you, you will get some worth your trouble. I need to show this son of a bitch not to parade my name around. And it seems like the stress of everything in the last like few days are getting to him. Not a problem. Uh, and who did you say I needed to speak to about arranging? And he goes, well, it'd have to be an open discussion between me, and then he thinks about it, and uh, Cloud Hoover, uh, the uh, a noble uh, head of uh, the business of the Greyhound, and then Earl Diamond. We need to have an open discussion about security since this is written in contract. While I'm going to have to talk to Earl, the Earl personally to weigh everyone's opinions on the Greyhound's behavior as of late. We can possibly set up a meeting. I will fill you in. Oh, I also heard they destroyed the, uh, the, gosh, what was the name of the tavern before it became Leo's Respite? So as of... Starry Eye. Starry Eye. I also heard that they ransacked the Starry Eye tavern as well. You don't say... Yes, I just saw it on... It was in quite a sad state when I passed it this, uh... Just a few... About 30-40 minutes ago. Bunch of damn thugs. Bunch of fucking thugs. Uh, can you roll me a d20? Just straight d20. I know, thugs. You can't deal with gangsters and thugs. They are so un unreliable and hot-headed. <laughs> uh, 15. With that alone, you're going to convince a lot of the families that they're not worth the trouble. Um, so, uh, just before I uh, continue on, I want to emphasize the name of uh, the family that owns uh, the uh, Greyhound. And keep me honest about this, because I always have trouble fucking saying it. It's Cowdenhoof, alright? Okay. Cowdenhoof. It's just I don't want to keep saying, like, three different names and you guys trying to figure out what the fuck I'm saying. Uh, Cowdenhood uh, family owns the Greyhound, and uh, with that, he smirks again and says, Oh, that might help your case a bit. Is there any other business you'd like to talk about? I believe that is all that I had on my mind. He puts out his hands to shake yours. Frick. Uh, alright. I'm gonna... Is he wearing... He's wearing full armor, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna take his hand and I'm going to, like, tilt... Again, sort of rubbing the gauntlet on my leg to tilt the red part down to where it's not as easily visible and shake his hand. Uh, do a slight of hand check for me, please. Rick. Yep. Uh, that would be a zero. He looks at your hand, and you feel, like, the tension in the room. And even you, Cobalt, you don't understand. Like, there's, like a, there's a very easy, like, vibe going on, everything seemed peaceful, the talk was going great, then all of a sudden, it feels like dread has overcome you. And then, Iceman, you realize that he sees your hand. I'll just smile. Yep, and he smiles back at you. I'll say, extracurricular work. It is so nice to have, to do things on your own accord. And? If, if you understand my meaning. Mm-hmm. And he just gives you a cold smile as well. Well, it appears that your hands aren't too clean, my friend. And he, like, comes up a little closer. Doesn't pull out his weapon or anything. He just says, Well, since you showed your hand, I feel like for helping get your boys into the state and possibly replacing the Greyhound, that I deserve a bit of a cut, don't you think? 
Oh, most certainly. Like I said, this is not exactly official. This is me seizing an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, make sure to talk to Solomon for me. And he used your boss's name and says, make sure to bring this up with Solomon. And that Fallon deserves a bit of the cut. Again, this is official. I'm staking out on my own on this. Solomon isn't really going to know too much about this. Actually, really nothing about it. And he just gives you a shake of the head and goes, oh, looks like you don't favor your hand too often, or too much. And he just goes, irregardless of who I talk to, if you want to see your men in this building, you're damn right I'm going to see a bit of a cut. And he just shoes you out. Well, that's how finder's fees work. Of course, of course the nobles will know that this was all your idea, that you contacted me, and that you deserve a bit of recompense for finding such a clever solution to A, the Greyhound's problem, and B, your, the, your uh, personnel problem. And he just tells you, make sure I don't regret it. And he leads you out the door. Cobalt, remind me next time we go into fancy place not to learn my gauntlets. <laughs> yeah, it would have been good, you guys. Would have had a good time without that. I knew it too. As soon as he said, "I shake your hand," I'm like, "Oh gosh, dang it!" Yeah, so close to the hand. end. You're oh. right at the finishing line. Yeah. Oh, sir. Uh, Cobalt could help. Any just minor illusions? Your glove to look exactly like your other half. That would have that would have been smart, Cobalt, but uh, sometimes I'm not so smart. <laughs> That's good, and I guess we'll leave out on that note, like focusing on Asmodai's, uh, uh red gauntlet, and then how it turns. Uh, you said your armor's black, right? Yep. Yeah, it turn like your red gauntlet turns black for a moment, then it covers the screen, uh, making it completely black. Then we look at uh, Dust, Jacked, and John as you guys are dealing with uh, a, a few of uh, uh, like uh, details. And we see like a, a few strangers inside of the end along with this uh, meeting. John, you mind telling me what these two look like? Well, one is a loxodon. So he's a big uh, elephant man. His trunk is, is, you know, resting on the table as he's listening. He doesn't really say much. He just kind of grunts. Um, the other one is a, a very attractive looking but very um you know business professional kind of uptight um elf with i mean they don't really have like pantsuits in this realm but a close equivalent to that <laughs> i won't say that they have pantsuits fuck it that sounds uh -huh. badass so she's got like a pantsuit on and um you know hair done up tight with glasses and kind of nodding along to what we're saying I imagine, like, uh, the hair done up looks kind of like a bun, and that is, like, uh, small spectacles that she has on her uh, nose bridge. Um, all right, uh, she's uh, following along with you, and what you guys do notice is that she does have a brown badger on, uh, like, her body as uh, she's going along with you guys, saying, uh, Right, right, that sounds about right. So, Leo, you mind telling me what the hell went over your head thinking this was a good idea? You know me, when I have an idea, sometimes I want to see it through, and you know this works with our other plans, if we can pull this up. I won't lie, a lot of the plans turn out how we expect, but these are nobles, these are uh, big men, big honchos. 
You expect me to believe that we're going to get out of this scot clear trying to rob them blind right underneath their nose? You knew it was only a matter of time before we had to deal with that, the noble obstacle in our path. She slams her hands on the table. I've known you for far too long, and this, this is just stupid. And she looks at Gus and goes, isn't that right, Gus? And you just hear him just go, that's it. You don't know whether he confirmed or denied it. He just made a grunt. (laughs) See, Gus is even on my side. And he just makes another grunt. Gus, what are you doing this entire time? Leo, I thought you were part of the nobles. You dress like one. Mm, I am from a different land, if you couldn't tell. You see, these these nobles of this land, um, they need a bit of a wake-up call. Now, why is that? Tell me, Dust, have you ever heard of the Gashans? I don't believe I have. You hear, uh, what, what was her name, Yvette? Yeah. You hear Yvette scoff at you. Ha! <laughs> Just fairy tales. Well, it wasn't but, uh, ten years ago that they ruled over these lands. And she just shakes her head at you. Again with the damn stories. You see, they are a good example that they had all the power in this land and within ten years they're all forgotten. I think we need to remind people of this land that power is but temporary if you don't fight for it. And next thing you know, he's gonna want to take over a throne. (laughs) Thrones are, again, temporary. I'm looking for something more permanent. That's why I've been working on destabilizing these nobles. Uh, can you do me a favor and make a history check for me, John, when she said uh, thrones? Thirteen. Thirteen? You have a, you have a brief knowledge of the thrones. You know, like, theoretically, that there was uh, nine thrones over uh, the possibly the lands in the water in the, like, sun and moon itself. It, it's debatable which throne is which, but... These are symbols of power, basically artifacts that kings fight over. That's about the gist that you got from it. You never studied too far into it because, again, it's sort of like a fairy tale. But it's, he said, she said, it's about as believable as uh, witches and witch trials. Yeah, a lot of people say, well, magic doesn't exist. Well, it exists enough to try people for it. Um, Dust, since I want to bring this up to you, uh, no, you know little to nothing about the Gashans rather than it just being a fairy tale. That's it. Which is strange that he'd just bring that up acting like it's real. You see, this this land needs stronger leadership. And all it took was me saying a com- few convincing words and the nobles all what happened to them? They had their belongings stolen. They had their lives at risk. And it was just a few words. That's how we can take them down. Now that they know their weakness, they're going to start panicking. Every time I look at you, it's like you're just spewing out fucking bullshit. And you know what pisses me off? That you spin it so well. And she just gives you that look, just scrounging up her like eyes and brow. Just going, and it works every damn time. And she begins to pout. <laughs> yeah, um, but then again, you see how it works. And as soon as I can meet with these... Uh, Crimson Fists, together, I feel like we actually can pull this off. You see her, like, blood run cold. You you didn't tell me that the Crimson Fists were going to get involved in this. Mm, you know sometimes I make my decisions without telling you. You mind telling me how I'm going to survive seeing a Chris, uh, Crimson Fist? 
Look at my damn tattoo. It's all your fault. You wanted me to be in that gang. I, you know I need eyes everywhere. <sighs> and she just grunts at you. Damn fucker is going to get me killed. Then you just see Gus go, mm. that's it. <laughs> so, Dust, do you have a problem with our plans? As long as no innocent blood is spilled, it seems fine by me. No, the innocents are exactly who we're doing this for. You've seen the state of the city. It's falling to pieces. We need someone to take it and rule it right. That's why I need you, Dust. You're the one that keeps us on the ground. You're the one that knows the city better than anyone. Well, I'm assuming since someone needs to take control of the city, let me guess that person is you. No, not just me. You see, this city has a lot of facets. You need a lot of people to rule different things. One person can't rule everything. And again, Yvette just looks at you and shakes her, her head. Such naivety. Do you really think that you can just have someone in power just to rule as they wish? Yes, you can. And that's what makes this world so fucked up. No, no, no. We need many people. Checks and balances and all. That's why the Crimson Fist comes in. We need someone to work the shadows. We need someone to work the light. And Leo gestures to himself. And we need someone to work the people. And he gestures towards Dust. And Yvette looks at Dust and goes, See? You see that shit? Well, I haven't known Leo too long, but... He hasn't lied to me yet, so... And she leans in close and goes, He hasn't lied to me either. But let me tell you, see that shit that he's spinning? People eat that up. People appreciate the truth. And she just looks at you and goes, Yeah, we all do. That's why we're still with you. And again, you hear Gus go, <clears throat> All right, Leo. I'm down for your plan. Although I have one stipulation. I wouldn't have it any other way. What is it? The ones that... You want to overthrow, they must be overthrown for a reason. However, they need to be treated with fairly and must stand a trial. Those that deserve a trial will see it, but I don't want you to believe that this will be an easy overthrow. But I need to have you on my side. You're the one that can keep this, keep the people on our side. You're the one that can keep us in line. You're the one that knows this city. Now, with Cobalt saying you're a false face, and I look at the elf, why would I be trusting you with all of this? And do you see Yvette, like, uh, chime in for a second? Dust, you're giving these nobles a lot more room for judgment than they give the common folk. You understand what happens in most trials? Especially with thugs? Criminals? Come on, you lived in the city. Tell me, what the hell happens? They go to the Coliseum. They go to the damn Coliseum. Every. Time. And you're telling me that we need to give them a fair trial? Fuck, just send them all to the Coliseum. See how strong they can survive. See how many rounds they can last before we had our fucking joy. I'm sure Asmodai would appreciate that. So you wish to become the evil you want to defeat? Why can't we serve the same justice they serve us? Tell me, Dust. Now, Yvette, Yvette, calm down. This is why we want Dust. We need to know how the people think. He called you a false face. I don't even know what the hell that means doesn't sound good though we wouldn't have made it this far if we cared what people called us i know i know so dust tell me what would you have us do with the nobles and the the ones that aren't doing correct justice well they must stand trial and it will be the ones in the blighted slums to be their jurors you just hear her start laughing <laughs> and who uh decides the sentencing majority vote <laughs>
We ain't got enough rope for that many hangings. It's been a while since I saw someone swim for their life. It's been a while since I seen a face get taken off. Very well, Dust. We'll do it your way. Well, Leah, I have some information to share because I'm sure I haven't told you yet, but the orphanage is now in the hands of Roy. No, oh, yes, Roy. His, uh, we don't, we won't have to worry for them. As soon as we can take this city, we'll also have to deal with Roy's master. So we'll have to deal with that when it comes up. Well, I traded it into order to get um, Alphonse's life back. He should be delivered here tonight on account of Roy's ward. So I would appreciate if you guys would wait for me until then, in case anything goes awry. Of course, Dust. Like I said, this plan can't succeed without him. Yvette chimes in too, and she goes, what, "What's this entire like situation with Roy?" So can we see the orphan or where the orphanage was from outside one of the windows? Sure, let's uh, do it for flavor. You can see it out one of the broken windows, and I want to imagine like the cameras. Like you can see like the frame of the shot is like the broken glass and splintered wood, and out there you see like the collapsed orphanage with a white tree like uh, sp uh, spewing out of the ground and it's the only place in the blighted slum with uh, grass and roses that have now been trampled on only one is alive and hopefully he will be delivered tonight and i want you guys around to ensure it so i can ensure your part of your plan can go without fail mm. and uh you see uh, uh jack smile as he comes into the conversation and uh, what was the last thing you said sorry uh dust I want to make sure Alphonse is here is safe so I can uphold my end of the deal with Leo. Do you need a little help with that? Yes, I just want to make sure Alphonse arrives safe and sound, and that it is in fact Alphonse. He pats you on the back and just uh, gives you a smile and goes, Don't worry, we were in together uh, through thick and thin. You had my back, I had yours. If you need help getting this child, I'd be a monster not to help you. And just pats you on the back. We will make sure that he gets here safe, and we will get that son of a bitch. And I look at the elf and the loxodon. Are you guys going to help as well? And she looks over to um, uh, Leo and goes, I, I can't be seen there. And you hear Gus go, <clears throat> I will help however I can. And she, uh, Yvette looks at you, Dustin, goes, I'm sorry. I have to keep this up. I can't let him catch me. You've seen the last time they've done a purge, haven't you? And you get flashbacks to uh, Nichols, like a uh, laboratory, essentially, or a trap house, where you saw Earl, the orc who was undercover, and the wild ones dead on the floor. Well, we can all wait in Leo's respite till he arrives. He is being delivered here at night. He'll be safe. Then I have to be out before he gets here and looks at Leo. But I believe that we need to organize this plan and make sure that if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. Of course, that's why I brought you along. And she gives you a lovely smile and just goes, Yeah, thank you. And even though she get, she's a little hot-headed once in a while, whenever you, you know, talk to her, she seems to, like, get a soft smile. So I believe we will to dustling. So after we get these ironed out, are we going to rest and wait until he arrives? It's all up to you guys. If you guys want to take a short rest, I can say Asmodai and Cobalt make it back if that's their destination. Leo, do you remember that little weird boy who was giving out us drinks? Have you seen him? You do see the boy walking around cleaning up. Yeah, you mean the attempted pickpocket? Yes, he's been a 
quite useful employee. Mm -hmm. And you see the little kid come up to Dust uh, when you like mention them and goes, Hi, kitty man! And just gives you a nice, like, bright smile. I pat him on the head. I just wanted to make sure that you didn't get hurt as well. Boss man always makes sure that I stay safe. And he just gives you, like, another, like, glistening smile. Seems like this is the best he's been treated in a long time. I give a smile towards Leo. Let's take a rest until Alphonse arrives. Just set the scene. Yvette uh, sneaks out and uh, hides underneath the shadow. You still see the Loxodon Gus just sitting down. Uh, at, he basically, like, moved some of the heavy furniture that got broken. And basically, you know, broke it up, turned it into firewood for you. And he just grunts every time you give him an order. And uh, I'm going to say, uh, Dust, what are you doing this entire time while you're waiting? I am going to be prying the Loxodon to say something other than... <clears throat> uh, you keep trying. And he just looks at Leo and gives an annoyed look and says... <clears throat> He's not the most talkative of friends. And he just gives you a nod, Dust. And he continues to work. So be it. Yep, uh, as you guys go along. Uh, Leo, what are you doing this entire time? I'm, like, taking inventory, but also, you know, drinking wine. Mm -hmm. Dust, during this entire time, you start to get a headache. And as you uh, keep getting a headache, Dust, you close your eyes, you know, rub your head a little bit. It feels like it's coming from the base of your neck. Then you close your eyes, and you keep seeing flashes, images of a white rabbit with a, uh, a cloak on. And you see, like... Uh, basically carrots screaming and the more you look at the carrots the closer it looks like to your uh uh children's faces and you just hear balls you don't even hear balls voice it's more of like an urge a need like a bloodthirst you feel the adrenaline like pump in your veins dust take one point of exhaustion for me for not killing somebody moving on from that uh, we'll say that uh, Mega and Asthma die. Uh, what's your destination after the state? Are you going back to Leo's respite, or do you have other plans in mind? Uh, my plan was to go talk to Solomon, but I can drop Cobalt, Cobalt off. He, uh, if you want to drop him off, you can. But you can also bring him with. Either one works. That's up to him. Cobalt, I'm going to go see my boss, man. Uh, do you want to come with me, or do you want to go back to Dust the Kitty? Wait out carefully, uh, Mega. You could ask him more about your collar or Fallon, or or you could, like, uh, go to your friend Dust, who did break his promise stick. I would say that... I would say that on Cobalt's mind, like, the... all of the confusion around, uh... around, uh... you know, around, air quote, Fallon man and the collar issue has, like, a Cobalt more focused right now. Cobalt, no one! Go back until Cobalt... No more. Cobalt really confused. Fallon Man, so nice, but not Fallon Man? Did, did yes. not Fallon Man lie, Cobalt? So, the person you talked to, not the one we talked to today, the one you talked to the other night, and the one you and Dusty Kitty have talked to in the past, we'll call him Fake Fallon. He is not real one. He is like illusion. He is fake. The Fallon we talked to today, just a few moments ago, that is real Fallon, seemingly. And he hesitates at this one. Hey, Fallon! Always so nice to Cobalt! High possibility stole Cobalt's collar. 
Cobalt just looks really heartbroken right now. Cobalt, I do not mean to be rude, but do you understand the concept of lying? Cobalt, understand, but Cobalt, Cobalt, no one believe, but, but Cobalt. Uh, Cobalt, can you do me a favor? Can you make a history check for me? And uh, add your highest modifier to that. What did you get? You think about this, and when I uh, when Asmodai reminds you, he could be lying. You see a few flashes in your head, and you close your eyes, and again, it's like a uh, blinking f- uh, film reel. And we see uh, Fallon for the first time meeting you guys and treating you like, you know, you're a dog. And you try to remember really, really hard, like, how he looked at you, and you saw cold eyes. It's, it, Basically, it's the same, like, fake smile Asmodai gives, but just in a stare alone. He looked cold, like there was no emotions. Then the film reel keeps blinking along. Then you remember something. When you discovered the Eggman, and when you uh, saw Fallon try to protect uh, Andrea, he chased Earl. Then you see inconsistency with the film. You remember the weapon he had. It was weird. It was just a spear. And then you remember Earl's corpse, and it had spear marks in it. Then you make a connection in your head. Wait, that that doesn't make sense. Spears aren't a common weapon unless you're a guard. And then, again, it blinks. He also left around the time before you guys met up with Roy in the orphanage. Then you think about it. Nichols also connected to Roy, and things just start like connecting like jolts of lightning eureka moments as you start to fill in gaps of information that you didn't have and eventually you come to realize he might have killed earl based on your hypothesis and he might have told roy that you guys were still alive and sent him to the church but why would he do that then again like you think of the one of the few times that you met him like uh, uh, in the barracks during uh, that invasion where, like, most of the guard died, he left. Granted, you think he might have gone to the invasion that was killing the guards, but again, you see that cold smile, or cold eyes looking at dust from afar, and he just leaves you guys before another incident occurred. And then, again, when you guys met, you feel like that mark of a ring pressing against your shoulder. You touch it unconsciously. And it has never been more clear when the last time you met him, he had no feelings for you. He looked you in the eyes. He guided you to a watchtower where he knew an invasion of pirates were going to be causing the siege and made you think it was your fault by misleading you. And then your eyes, those rustic orange eyes of yours, just glow slightly as they die down to a regular orange again. Tell me. What does Cobalt feel? What does he look like after these series of thoughts? At first, like, uh, just for Asmodai's reference, like, yeah, as, as like, gears are turning, it's like, uh, Cobalt originally looks really confused, really sad, but then now just probably for the first, probably for the first time you've ever seen this little Cobalt look, he looks angry. Oh, it's so cute. And he just says, Big Fallon betray Cobalt! Big Fallon 
And hang on, you hear in your head, then I'll let you go along. You hear him call you a dog. And that rings in your head. And unlike before, it felt like a comfortable, you know, way of being treated better. But now this is the first time where it just feels like a slur, like false face. Go on. Never one revenge! Easy, easy. You will get your revenge, but you need patience now. Now we become hunter, and we have to track prey. I kind of want persuasion, just because... 16. Yeah, because, like, as you were saying that, uh, Cobalt looked like he was actually about to just, like, walk off, <laughs> and, like, in both hands, like, starting to look, like, really cold, like he was about to, like, just start ray frosting all over the place, but... <laughs> but your words, and probably also a hand on the shoulder, stop him. Cobalt! <laughs> Cobalt, it is fine to be angry. In fact, you should be. But what you do is you put it under surface. You let it boil like pot of water. And... But you wait. You do not let it blind you. Hunters should want to catch their prey. But they should not be blinded by their emotion when they are hunting. It makes them sloppy. We keep our emotions in check, and we can be more effective. Da? You understand? But Cobalt, no, no, how? Cobalt have a lot of feelings. Watch me. Because I have to do this often. Take deep breath. You take all of that, all of that red hot anger you're feeling, that betrayal, all the bad stuff you're feeling. You take a deep breath and you clear it out of your mind. Not entirely. But you take the edge off. You focus on wanting to catch fake Fallon, wanting to make him hurt, but you do not. But you do not let it blind you to everything else. You take a deep breath and you focus on finding him. Don't focus on the rage and the anger. Focus on the resolve. Focus on the determination that Cobalt will not be tricked no more. You will not be called dog no more. And let that drive you, not the hatred and anger that makes you do dumb things. Just take deep breath like this. <sighs> and focus on the satisfaction of catching your prey. Cobalt tries mimicking, closes his eyes, takes a deep breath, exhales. And when he opens his eyes, it's like once again, like his, like, a, his. Like, you know, burnt orange eyes are just glowing. And they don't stop. But Cobalt says, Cobalt will catch prey! Gives you a nice pat on the shoulder. Good job, Cobalt. Well done. Now, let us go Let us go start finding prey's hunting ground. Alright, how do you go about this? Uh, like I said, I'm going to talk to Solomon. Okay, that sounds good. Now, I think I'm going to save John and Dust for last. I know we've been going pretty long with Iceman and Mega. But let's have this conversation with Solman first. Um, Asmodai, you actually see your boss laying against a wall, just dressed differently, like he's homeless. And you see him drinking, like, a bottle from a uh, covered bag. You know, you make that look far too natural. And he just looks up at you and goes, Ah, looks like I can't stay undercover, can I? And just stands up with this cane. You know, a lot of people talk shit when they don't know you're listening. And he walks over to you and, give, like, holds out his red hand. Uh, 
I do the same. I give our salute uh, and give him a slight bow. Say, uh, sorry to interrupt. Usually I'd let you keep about your business, but I have uh, important things to discuss. Well, it must be important if you thought bringing in a commoner is a good idea. Then he looks down at uh, Cobalt. My, he's a feisty one. Look at those eyes. And he looks down at you, uh, Cobalt, and he just just tastes your anger and goes, That is a look of purpose. I like that. Dad, that is one of the reasons that I wanted to talk. Uh, first, though, I think I might have got us some work. And he gives you a strange look. Why, what do you mean? And he just stops and just goes, let's go somewhere more private. And leads you down the alleyway. Yeah. Come on, Cobalt. Yeah, just uh, wordlessly nods and follows. Like, clearly clearly he's simmering, but he's channeling it channeling it all inward. Yeah. And uh, he's, let's say, uh, just for sake of consistency, he brings you to the same location that you guys talked before, Asmodai. Just a secret hideout. Uh, just common thing you just ignore to run down worth your notice and again he sets up the tea and you have a blue leaf in each one a blue tobacco leaf and he offers it to uh, both of you as uh, he drinks a bit of tea and goes all right what's the business proposal what have you got so went to the jade hills and i think we can get some of our men to do guard duty uh, to run security for the bull and that we can get paid. Haven't finalized details yet, but it's in the works. Does he know where you belong? Unfortunately, yes, but I'm in the process of convincing him that I'm doing this of my own accord. Mm. And he just shakes his head. So that it doesn't look like I'm... Uh, so it looks like I'm an upstart that he might try to take advantage of. Uh, you're as nimble as an old man going through gymnastics. Asthma die. And he just shakes his head a little bit and goes, It's fine, it's fine. Just a little bit of extra cash on the side, I presume. And... Uh, well, little more than that. If we can... We might be taking over for the Greyhounds. And his eyes light up. You say what? He just chuckles. He goes, uh, Looks like they've been taking off the nobles. And if I can make good showing, we can... We can replace them uh, for guard duty, and they will be kaput. They might retaliate after us, but we can handle that. Yes, we can. Just a bunch of regular thugs. They don't know how the business works. And he looks at you. How did the Greyhounds manage to uh, piss off the nobles that much? Oh, acting like what they are. Acting like thugs. Now, it's not a done deal yet. I still have to do some cajoling, but... Uh... It looks favorable. Don't know all the things that they did, but apparently they act like thugs, they terrorize town folk, they wrecked the starry eye this morning. <laughs> he just shakes his head. Why? This sounds like how I expected it to play out. Uh, see, this is what happens when nobles feel insecure. It leaves opening for the bottom brass to take over the weak. And he just starts chuckling along. Good job, Asmodai. Good job, like always. I can tell you, if you manage to help make this deal go through, you'll definitely get the recognition you deserve, along with a few extra coins in the pocket. Yeah. Glad I can be of service. Now, 
other thing concerns my little draconic friend. You don't say. But you mind introducing him? Ah, yes. Cobalt, this is Mr. Solomons. It goes, a pleasure to meet you, Cobalt. He just stares at you. Yeah, just... Yeah, Cobalt just nods. He's in a little bit of a bad mood, which is actually how we got there. You're familiar with uh, how last night uh, Fallon got promoted to Captain of the Guards, yes? And he nods his head and goes, which one? Ah, see, there's the problem. The real one. The one who's over in the Jade Hills. And that's who we went to go speak to because my little friend here got swindled by the fake one and he yeah he nods his head going yeah i've known uh i've known fallon for a while the one that patrols the streets a lot that most people do see isn't the right fallon uh, my uh old associate and he puts up his fingers usually works in the jade hills he has a easier position than most but a lot of the new recruits now dead bought into that little lie. I've been keeping an eye on him, but uh, it's gone cold since, and he thinks about it, actually since uh, the siege yesterday. Now that you bring it up, I haven't heard anything about him. That's funny, that is when Cobalt last saw him. Uh, Since you seem to know some things about him, do you know where we can begin looking, who we can start shaking down? It is of utmost importance that we find this fake Fallon. Not only that, it will get us in with the good one and help us ingratiate ourselves more with the nobles and the Jade Hills and get us more permanent position. Uh, he, uh, gives you a nod, then, uh, grabs, like, an like, a feather inkwell and writes down, like, an address. And after, you know, blowing it off, letting it dry, he gives you a piece of parchment paper. Not red, but just regular paper. And he goes... That's where we see him go in a lot to uh, take a day's rest. Uh, other than that, uh, the best leads I can give you is the obvious ones. Clear water. The wild ones. We've seen them talking with Fallon a lot. That really struck a few weird chords. We assume that they just had Fallon in his pockets, paying them money to uh, do who knows what. It's I don't have as much information as I'm comfortable with. And he just looks at you. You might have to interrogate possibly some of the gang members or even talk to the top brass, which I don't recommend unless you have some backup. Don't want them hurting my good man. Duh, I'll keep that in mind. They don't like us either, so keep that in mind, I sure you know. Duh. So you said Clearwater, Wild Ones, and who else? Uh, a location where he assumed to be like sleeping at, basically his house. Uh, unlike uh, regular soldiers that sleep in barracks, he kept going to a house. Okay. Yep. And uh, you look at it, and it's a strange one. It's actually, uh, you're familiar with the house because there's a lot of operations that uh, get done. And, well, I shouldn't explain this all in meta. Uh, the house is a very special one. Uh, a lot of uh, gangs and uh, the unworthy uh, thugs like to meet up at that location and uh, discuss business in the unseen public. That being said, we've only seen him here in reality. And he just gives you a stare and just goes, You're not getting into things you can't handle, right, Asmodei? Uh, that remains to be seen. And he nods his head. If you ever need backup, 
we can always uh, give you a hand. There's many more people like Victor in our group. Dad, uh, trust me, I'm, I know where to go if I need backup, but uh, oh, we haven't gotten to that point yet. To be honest, I was hoping that we would be able to, that there was only one felon and we would have been able to ambush him. If I'm being entirely honest, the whole thing with getting us work mainly got me into the estate to see Fallon. Uh, that was my... It was a primary and secondary motive. And he stops you and says, Let me bring up a bigger question. Why does the state hold your interest? Granted, you know, I do want to have security in the Jade Hills, but going to the state is risky. Because... Ah, uh, we need to expand our influence. Having guards that are interacting face-to-face -face with nobles gives us few things. One, gives us direct intel. Two, gives us people in the Jade Hills for operations. Three, and most importantly, it gives us a legitimate face within, within the protection of the nobles that they might lean on us like some of them did the Greyhounds. And so we have an ear where many of the low lives here do not, in the place where things really matter, and it gives us a foothold to begin moving our operations upward. He looks at you and just goes, But, are you familiar what's happening tomorrow night? Have you heard of the big shindig? Duh. You do realize how important that is to us, right? I, I'm unaware. Honestly, I just heard of it this morning. Asmodai, besides security and protection, what do we thrive on to make business? Oh, weapons. Guess what will be there? <laughs> uh, that makes this precarious. It will be hard to keep our men in place if there is an obvious robbery. Now, be... here's the thing. Do we even need a robbery? Now, this there's going to be an auction. And some of uh, the weapons and artifacts at display are going to be hidden from the regular public. Now, say we had a uh, underhand deal directly with the captain of the guard, and possibly, if we have any connections with the Magical Inquisition, we can buy this without any strings attached. Try to hide it. Get rid of it. In fact... I'm thinking more that we need to find a client before this big day so we don't sit on anything. As much as I would love to steal, I don't like the idea that the guards that we buy into might turn on us in a, a split of a hair. I like, th I like that. If we do it legitimately... And he does air quotes, legitimately. Eh, I mean, it's more legitimate than we usually do. If we do it legitimately, then we can keep the items, we can sell them, we don't have to worry about fencing fees, it will be above board, and we get to keep our foothold within, our new foothold within the Jade Palace free and clear. Yes, indeed. Now, here's the problem, Asmodai. I don't have a contact ready. We need someone to sell it to. We need a clientele. Because I'll tell you this, we might be able to buy it. But there's nothing saying that they won't fuck us on the first night. We need to get the items, get out, don't sit on it. The stuff we'll lose our head for. Quick question, purely selfish. If something's good, can I keep it? If it's something worth using? Hmm. Alright, um, 
I think the way he would do it. Uh, give me a persuasion check, actually. And uh, give me your uh, what? Uh, what's your best uh, ability? I want to see if Charisma. I can justify it. Yeah. Then just give me a regular persuasion check. Sixteen. Sixteen. He goes. I'll give you one item of your choice, and you'll get a split of the fares. How's that sound? Perfect. I'll take it. All right. And he smiles at you. Then it's a done deal. Now he points at the paper that I handed you. That comes second. What we need first priority is a client. Because irregardless if we get in the good hands with the guard and make good money, we're going to lose this opportunity. This is gold practically sitting right in front of us. But I do realize that without you solving this issue, you might have trouble convincing the guard to let us in. But I will tell you this. Client first. That way, if push comes to shove and we have to steal instead of doing this legitimately, we'll have a way to get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, I might know a schmuck who can get us in contact with another schmuck. Mm -hmm. uh, and he looks at you and goes, You talking about Leo? Possibly. I heard that he had a run-in recently. The boys just told me. <laughs> he laughs with you. Remember how I said the ink, the the sorry I got ransacked by the gray, by the gray wolves. Yeah, he was there, and he uh -huh. got knocked unconscious. And it makes him happy. I was thinking about going in there myself and doing the same thing with our boys to show them what protection gets them. But it looks like I didn't have to jump the gun at all. Other people will do the job for me. Message is pretty clear. If you want to keep your business going in our territory, we're good at what we do. Make sure to give him a good price and gives you a wink. Make sure he gets the deluxe package. Oh, most definitely. And he writes an absurd number on like a piece of paper and hands it to you. You can decide what that fucking arbitrary number is. Basically, he tells you, basically rip him the fuck off. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> yep. And he gives you a smile and goes, Well, is there anything else I could do for you, boyos? And looks at Kobold. Anything you want to get off your mind, little one? I think mostly just because Kobold doesn't really like, uh, like understand this particular process or like reading between the lines. Kobold just says like, why help? He means Leo. Yeah, I was going to say he looks at Asmodai and then you say Leon goes. <laughs> oh, young child, young child. You're confusing help with profit. I do it because it helps me, not him. Let me tell you how the world works, Sonny. And he go like uh, looks down at you. People help other people for selfish needs. To get farther in life. Look at me and Asmodai. We're admissible. We like each other. And because we both profit off one another, we're loyal to one another. Now let me ask you, Cobalt. Who helps you and why do they help you? That is a question you should be asking. How do you profit from a friendship? And he gives you a nasty smile. Boss, you're going to make him into a cynic. Oh, I love cynics, though. They're always straightforward. And he looks at you, Cobalt, waiting an answer. Just, uh, Master, uh, Cobalt thinks on it for a moment. Master always help Cobalt. Why does Master help you? Because Cobalt, child and servant of Master. And that's exactly it. Because you're a servant. You offer 
services and it provides you protection yeah just like cobalt is just learning all all sorts of new things today uh, what what does your master gain by protecting you uh yeah just uh cobalt thinks and uh and says uh, master protect cobalt and all in cobalt clutch and cobalt and all of cobalt clutch do same for master also find things for master to keep powerful things your relationship reminds me of me and my crew. Do you understand what I mean? Crew? And he just chuckles at you. Associates. Friends. You see, they bring me in things I like. Things I want to see. And in exchange, we protect each other. I give them protection. They give me protection. I keep things straightforward. I lay down the law. Is that what your master does? Like Cobalt nods. What Master says is law. What I say is law as well. And he looks down at you and goes, Me and your Master have a lot of similar qualities, but I assume he's not the same thing as me. Is uh, shakes his head. Much bigger, much more powerful. And he just laughs at you. Power comes in many different ways, Cobalt. How are you? Do you have any power that you can think of? Uh... Uh, he, he responds, uh, All cobalt power come from master! And, like, he, uh, like, shows both hands and, like, uh, again, like, that sort of, uh, you know, like, on the cusp of as though he were casting Ray of Frost, but just, like, sitting in his hands. You see, that is one form of power. But do you know what the best kind of power is? Cobalt blinks. The best kind of power is what is invisible. What is said through words. I love how a simple threat... A simple exchange can get you what you want. End a conflict. That is true power. To end a fight before it begins. Remember that, Cobalt. Words are important just as any points to your hands. As your powers in your hands are. The difference is, what's in your hands is given by your master. What comes from your sharp tongue, your silver tongue, is all from you, buddy. And... He looks at Asmodee and says, Anything else that you'd love to go over, Sonny? I'm good. I'm good. Also, by the way, Cobalt, he doesn't mean literally that your tongue is silver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I just want to imagine, like, Cobalt looked like he was about to ask, and then, like, he just immediately answered it. Asmodee, can you do me a favor? Duh. Leo, send him my way, will ya? I'll be waiting. And he just sips some some of his tea. <sighs> Duh. If you want, you can come along as well and make sure that uh, I stay on the straight and narrow. Eh, possibly. Uh... I'm confident in my skills, but even then, I need someone to keep me grounded reality. I can't be too careful around a man who can swipe around so much protection from nobles in a single night. Duh. He's quite, uh, well, as you said, silver-tongued. I just, I just don't like him, so I don't listen. And he just goes, no silver tongue, a shit spinner. And I assume we black out from that. All right, um, let's uh, start wrapping things up a little bit. Uh, we'll say uh, John, uh, well, Leo, Gus, and uh, let's see. Leo, Gus, Dust, and Jack. Am I forgetting anyone? Uh, Everett, or uh, what's her name? Uh, Yvette uh, left 
Um, am I forgetting anyone at the scene? I don't believe so. So you see him uh, waiting outside, and we uh, see like a dark-skinned uh, elf missing, I believe I said a finger, like possibly pinky, uh, leading with a boy and a few guards, uh, one of which is Nickel, and you see a couple other roped men. And they're about 60 feet away from you, Dust. It's kind of like a showdown kind of thing, but the sun is setting. He goes, well, Dust, it is so nice to see you at this evening. How are you today? Doing better once I have Alphonse. Now let's hurt. And he looks at Leon goes, Mr. Longpaw has been far too long. How goes your trade? Our deal is still in progress. I think, I think it'll, you'll see the profit spill down to you. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'm sure that Colebeard will be the most happy with this arrangement. And he looks at the white tree, then looks at Dust. Dust, I'm not crazy. We were in that building not too long ago. You mind explaining why there is a white tree in there? Must have been from one of the demons. Uh, make a deception check. He believes you. Uh, with the roll of 18, he goes, Well, those demons, they... They really do the strangest damn thing, don't they? It's strange, too, that a white tree usually signifies ball calling forth mortals that have wronged a man. Strange, isn't it? And he just gives you a look and just goes, well, coincidences do happen. And in this harbor, and he looks around, there's a fair share of people who've been wronged. I just hope it isn't you. He looks at you and goes, your eyes, they, uh, they look a little, and he adjusts his glasses, and if you remember right, he can see really good far away. They look a little saggy, black. You haven't been getting much sleep? How long have you been up? Waiting for you to arrive with Alphonse. And he chuckles. You know, I've taken a lack in Alphonse, but it's a pain that I'll have to see him go. Ain't that right? And you see, like, you see Alphonse missing an arm, and... He looks dead on the inside. Can you do me an insight check, Dust? Five? You, you assume it's from the trauma of, like, losing his arm. Uh, you hear, uh, Jacked chime in and say, Get on with this already. Been waiting all damn evening. And he goes, All right, all right. No need to lose your horses. Keep them reined. And he motions for the boy and says, Please, giddy on. And you see the boy start walking towards you, Dust. And I want to imagine, like, we have a side profile of uh, both groups. We see, like, uh, a drow and a satyr. And you see, like, little Alphonse walking towards you. And you see, like, uh, the wild ones covered in shadows. And you see you guys are, like, bright with uh, the luminescence of uh, soul gutters acting as uh, uh, purple lanterns. They croak. And you see the boy come up to you. And he looks up at you, Dust. What do you say? Well, before he, I, I wanted to do something before he got to us, since he was okay. Go right ahead. Three feet away. Yeah, we can say like uh, he's thirty feet away from you guys. You see the boy. Going to psychic whispers into him. Mm -hmm. What do you say? What happened at the orphanage? Can he respond back? Yeah, unless he cuts the connection. He looks angry as all hell. You see a face that a child could not make. It is the same face that you would show to Roy. It is the same face that you would show to the Jade Hand himself. It is a face of pure fury. As he looks at you and you feel the connection cut off. 
at most you feel rage enter your psyche. Do you do anything with that? Nickel, how can I be sure this is the real uh, Alphonse? Boy was supposed to deliver him. You see him chuckle, and he talks to Roy to the side and goes, Ma, ma, he has really fucked up, hasn't he? And Roy just uh, nods his head. Can't even recognize his own boy. <laughs> and uh, you hear Nickel say to you, There's no trickery here. You just don't lack what you see. And if you want, you can do an insight check on that. At a disadvantage, of course. What do you get? Nothing, five. He seems like he's telling the truth. No trickery involved. You see Alphonse, he's just angry at you. I will get on my knees and spread out my arms to welcome Alphonse and see if he comes. He comes up to you. And before you, like, wrap your arms around him, everyone hears, like, a crisp slap echo throughout the air. And we see, like, Dust's face, like, at a tilt. A red mark on his fur. And you see a look of surprise on Dust's face. And you see Alphonse, his hand, his good arm, like done slapping dust and says to you you are the scum of the earth because of you because of you everything happened because you couldn't kill me how many kids died dust how many all of them besides you and you have the goddamn audacity to welcome me back with open arms after that decision and he's being very fluent with words he is very clear like he has thought this up this is well beyond what a kid can express his choice of words it just it feels like a mask falling off of this poor child and he looks at you and will finish off with him saying to you i will never forgive you just die this has been house common blood the intro music by White Sand, Promise, and the outro music by Darren Curtis, Time's Up. Any music and sound effects used in this episode are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you are happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word by mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. That check better be in the mail. <laughs>